0: You're listening to Shields Up, a Star Trek podcast from More Trek Media.
1: Hello, welcome to Shields Up, a Star Trek podcast. My name's Chris, and with me as always is Nev. Hiya. Today we are talking about Star Trek Next Generation, Season 1, Episode 25, Conspiracy. How are you doing today, Nev?
0: I'm doing really good. Um really thought about what i'm gonna say Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah yeah i'm doing good uh, this was uh this was an interesting episode wasn't it this th- episode is great yeah <laughs> you don't like it uh do you know what this was my pick mm-hmm. and i picked it because i thought well who doesn't love a good conspiracy story that and of course the thumbnail on it was the goriest thing I've ever seen in Star Trek. And I thought, well, you can't really go wrong with this.
1: Yeah, it's, it's, it's a good bit of sci-fi horror. Like an exploding head. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, what is that? That's not Star Trek. And And you're right, this episode isn't typical Star Trek.
0: No, it's certainly not.
1: I mean, perhaps the story is, but the ending with... You know the the exploding body is certainly not anything we've seen
0: in Star Trek up to that point. Certainly nothing I've seen. It, it it's look, it's, it it had so much promise. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to be honest, I'm I, I wasn't struck on it. Um, there's plenty of reasons why I don't like this episode. I do think it had great potential, but mm-hmm. I think the execution just didn't work for me.
1: Okay. No, I, I, I think this uh, episode is great. I like the conspiracy stuff. Some of the scenes are a bit odd <laughs> in there. Uh, the Some of the special effects are just downright terrible. You know, the little purple parasite things. Uh, uh, yeah, the uh, good old stop motion. <laughs> yeah, it looks like a really bad Aardman ca- uh, cartoon, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> That's very generous
0: of you. <laughs> yeah. Why well, is it a bad one? The special effects... All of them mm. are, are awful. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm just laughing too much thinking about it. Yeah, The special effects are awful. It's like something that I would have watched in in the 80s as a kid. Uh, I think even maybe. But where's my dinner? <laughs> yeah, that is. <laughs> even the trapdoor was better animated than that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'd like to think it was more of a budgetary concern and they got in what they could to relay the story that they could, but it does look terrible yes. compared to are the they... rest of it, you know, like how, how we know how like, uh, the starship is with the controls and everything. And you, those, those little things are terrible,
0: <laughs> but I, I like to we... overlook that for the overall story. Once you get past that, yes, there is the potential for a good story. However, mm-hmm. I, again, I think the execution on the story just just wasn't there for me either. However, the one thing that I will compliment this episode for is the music, or the use of the music. Mm-hmm. I think it does a really good job of setting up the tension at the right time. Mm-hmm. The, the, the cues are hit just right on it, and I, I do like the way that it... It, it builds up um, the, the atmosphere,
2: mm-hmm.
0: uh, particularly when, for example, uh, Quinn is on board the Enterprise and we, the viewer, know that something's going on, because he's got that little uh, little buddy in a box with him, and we know that Picard and Riker don't know this, but they suspect something is up. So I think it does that really well. That that particular scene is really good because
1: as soon as he's talking, as, as soon as Picard has him on a one-to-one and he's talking about it, and what Quinn says, you know, saying, oh, I'm just worried about, you know, the other planets joining the Federation and the stress that is, you know, I'm sorry about leading you up the garden path. That's when Picard knew that um, it's not Quinn because that's a callback to a previous episode. Oh, yes. Called... Um, it's one about Wesley Crusher it was a few episodes ago but both Remick and Quinn were in it
0: right um, ah, because they do mention see, about seeing Remick again I did wonder yeah where what, that what happened came was
1: um, Quinn came onto the Enterprise or well, the whole episode really is is mainly about uh, the, the A plot really is about um, Wesley taking his Starfleet entrance exam but Quinn mm-hmm. and Remick come on board to root out a suspected conspiracy within the Federation and Remick is a bit of a... He's is, is been really hard on everybody, trying to get them to say bad things about the captain and everything. And Quinn speaks to Picard and says, oh, I, I, I believe there's a threat to the Federation. But he's trying to root it out. And, and Remick's there to do his job as um, a questioner. What are they called? Um, interrogator. An interrogator for them all, yeah. Remick is a part of the Inspector General's office. And he's there to to do an investigation of the enterprise d and the commanding officers um because quinn thinks there's something wrong with the enterprise but he won't talk about it until the end when picard goes enough of this you know in his way and and he, and he explains that he thinks there's a group of people trying to take over the federation or starfleet so when picard's talking to quinn again in this episode and he said oh it's just you know nonsense and things like that he's like uh yeah, that's that's not Quinn. He might sound like him, might look like him, but that is not Admiral Quinn.
0: Right. Okay. So that's so that that leads on to this episode here. While Star Trek is an, is episodic, it's it's good to have that sort of consistency and overarching mm-hmm. thing, which we do occasionally see, like for example with with Tasha Yar's daughter. Mm-hmm. Yes. I do like it when they do that?
1: I do as well. The only problem I have with this episode is that it's never mentioned again.
0: At all, <laughs> that's um, um that, that's that's the thing. I, I had to do a bit, of re- a bit of reading on this because there's this signal that goes out to an unexplored uh por- portion of the galaxy, and apparently, this was supposed to be tied into the Borg somehow later on. Yeah, uh, so I, that's I forgot what I was gonna say. Sorry, say.
1: yeah, that, that was totally dropped because it was before QHU q hue, Who? q who, <laughs> um, <laughs> Where he, he just teleports them into the... Um, brings them to the... Was it the, the Delta Quadrant where the Borg are from?
0: Yeah, that's a bit, bit of a quicker way of doing it, isn't mm.
1: it? But, like, um, there was something about these parasite things being, like, an advanced, advanced vanguard of the Borg before the Borg became realised as the Borg, I think. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, it's totally dropped. Was it was t- which is a real shame, because... It would have been great to have more of a conspiracy thing within the Federation and within Starfleet and it popping up every now and again. Yeah. I know Gene Roddenberry didn't like um, the idea of the Federation being anything but a utopia because the parasites were added in into the story after the first thing because it was supposed to be a group within Starfleet and the Federation trying to wrest control of it. Mm -hmm. And he's like, no, no, I don't, I don't like that idea. So then the parasites are brought in, and the previous episode, uh, coming of age, with Quinn and Remekin, is a good setup for this. And this would have, I think, probably would have been made into a, a good sort of subplot which popped up throughout the series.
0: Yeah, I think it, it, that would have been, it would have been a good, a good. Ongoing storyline. I'd like to. I'd like to have seen them develop it more and develop it mm. in a better way. I mean, think the, they did during this episode. There are some books, but um, which has them in again, but we're not really talking too much about them. Just we? going back to um, what you said about Gene Roddenberry's Utopia,
2: mm-hmm.
0: right? So there's there's no there's there's no capitalism in the Federation. No. Uh, at least that's what the, we're told mm-hmm. no one gets paid money and stuff but there is something that ge- again goes against what Gene Roddenberry says here because they go to ditalix b mm. and on this planet uh, is the ditalix mining company yeah yeah so that you know there are examples of capitalism in
1: mm-hmm.
0: in in uh, star trek for example, you've got the Ferengi on Deep Space Nine,
1: yes, uh, who, yeah,
0: who do who do that, and and so you know the Starfleet, if it's not capitalist itself, it at least has to adapt to the idea that other organisations, be they species or or whatever, do endorse capitalism, and in fact it's I think it's a natural human trait. I do this for you and then you pay me this or you know I do this service for you and then you give me another service back you know either, either one way or the other it's, it's 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 a fairly natural thing and of course having the Ditalix Mining Company I think that speaks for itself because they're Ditalix the Mining Company working for the Federation or working on behalf of the Federation mm. is, what, is what they say
1: yeah yeah doing um, mining the ores and stuff off those planets for the Federation mm-hmm. so it, yeah, you, there has to be some sort of economy there, because even in the first episode, at Counter of Farpoint, um, Crusher is looking at the um, the bolts of fabric, and then she purchases mm-hmm. them, doesn't she? She goes, "I'll have them sent to up to the Enterprise." So she's had That's, to pay for yes. it somehow. Mm-hmm. You know, I was, I was wondering if it was more like every citizen of the Federation, their basic needs are met to a reasonable standard. So if you didn't want to work, you didn't have to you know you get your you get your um replicator rations you have housing you've got medical care which is all covered by the federation but if you want a spaceship you're going to have to get a job to buy one because i mean there's yeah. um there's uh, people out there who are um who run cargo ships there was an episode in this series series where they come across a cargo ship in trouble so there's got to be some sort of economy there because nobody's going to do that out of altruism are they you're not going to be no. stuck on a crappy like barge, basically, in the middle of nowhere, ferrying between different planets, for just for
0: the fun of it. No, no, and, and there's there's other examples as well. I mean, we go back to one of our previous episodes, the Wrath of Khan. We talk about the Kobayashi Maru, and the ship that they're trying to rescue in the neutral zone is a neutronic fuel carrier, mm. which doesn't have a a, a Federation prefix. There you go so then. Clearly you, yeah. That clearly, that must be, well, not necessarily must be, but I would suspect that that would be portrayed as a, as a private vessel. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, they've got to be there, haven't they? Yes.
0: So, there we go.
1: Right. <laughs> that's <laughs> one thing off my chest. <laughs> yeah, that's right, yeah. <laughs> and if anybody has any more comments about about Federation economy, econ, if anyone else has any... ah. Oh.
0: I had a joke. It's gone. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, welcome to our TED Talk on um, universal basic income. Please don't. (laughs) We hope the Americans don't mind it too much. No. It's damn socialism. (laughs) Socialists.
1: There's a couple of things I wanted to talk about with data, for example. I think what we'll have to do is talk about the conspiracy from as it, as we learn it through the episode. Mm-hmm. But then there's other bits in there which we can just talk about off the cuff because they aren't really um, part of the conspiracy or part of the plot, the main plot. The cold open is pretty funny where um, you hear the end of the joke from LaForge, Forge as he's still yes. currently the pilot. And then Data just... Overanalyzes it and then does that really fake laugh and then just stops and turns back to his station. I think that's funny as anything. And then they go into the ocean planet of Pacifica, which is really well thought out. I don't know how they got the inspiration for that planet name.
0: Yeah, that's it's really novel. Mm. I, I must have taken them ages.
1: It must have done, yes. And then uh Diana says, "Oh, have you ever?" taken a swim in, or have you ever swam in moonlight and data goes you can swim in moonlight and then there's a really funny joke here where uh, they go wharf have you ever do you like do you enjoy swimming and he says swimming is too much like bathing which i think is really funny because it's the, the disgust in his voice on his face when he says it
0: It's, it's quite yeah I'm, I'm not so sure i was uh, i was liking that one i was just thinking oh that's aged well <laughs> <laughs> yeah i oh, know it's just, it's just cheap isn't it but um yeah. what I want to speak about
1: is how data says he doesn't have any emotions but in this one he he's more emotionally thinks he is mm. as well and more so because he displays pride and embarrassment in this episode
0: yeah there's there's some great some great data moments in this episode mm. aren't there I uh, when you well no you, you're going to talk about pride and mm-hmm. embarrassment yes go, go ahead talk talk to me about it talk to you about it when Picard comes up to data after his
1: after Picard's meeting with Walker he goes up to data and says I have a task for you which is which would be suited to your particular talents and the look on his face is like oh I'm great me you know yeah, so it's he, like he pride he this, yeah it's because it's, it, if he was emotionless he would just be like yes captain he? but he shows it's like oh you think I'm really good at something that's that's a prideful thing and the embarrassment one is, you know, like he used to use multiple s- synonyms to describe something. Yes. Um, and he brings up the information on Ditalis B for Riker, and then he says, like, oh, it's, um, it's a ball of rock, a pile of mud or whatever, and, and he's cut off by Riker saying, yeah, thanks very much. And then later on, when he's scanning all the documents mm-hmm. and he realizes he's talking
0: to himself. Um, he actually looked quite pleased with himself at that point.
1: There you go, yeah. And then and then he's explaining to the computer. And then the computer cuts him off and says, yeah, thanks, yeah. I've got it. <laughs> yeah. Very much. And then he's like, he's going, okay, continue with previous request. And he sort of turns around looking embarrassed. And if He, he...
0: he shows a lot more emotion in this episode than he does in later ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, probably... and I, I would have thought by you know we're on episode what twenty five by now yeah twenty uh, we would have he would have found his his verve as it were mm. at this point so perhaps there are a lot of changes in this episode that we like for example going against Rod and Bree with the with the conspiracy with the aliens and all mm-hmm. of that I think perhaps this episode might have been a, a big experiment in a way.
1: Yeah, cuz there was some people who were like don't like it this isn't Star Trek, but he was but they were overwritten by I think Berman and 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 those guys because they really like the script. And and like them, I really like the the concept of this episode. I I love the concept. I wish they would have I done more stuff like this, but like a lot of people said it's not really Star Trek, is it? It's not it's not a happy ending in it you know everyone's smiling on the bridge at the end it's got like that it's got the, the enterprise drifting past the starfield image in the background and then like sounds a bit like morse code
0: yeah some sort of signal going off which is is, is indicating that the signal is still out there mm. and so there's potential for more in the future yeah yeah it's good though i like it yeah <laughs> i think there are a lot of I'm going to be negative on it now. I'm afraid. Yeah, Sorry. no, go for it. Go for it. Okay, so my first problem is is that there's just, it's, it's small things that that I have an issue with, like in terms of we'll start with me being nitpicky. Okay. So um, Riker says increase speed to warp six, and Geordie responds with, "I sir, full impulse."
1: I oh, know. I wasn't going to bring that up because that really annoyed me as well i was like no no <laughs> what <laughs> yeah that's just a gonna gaffe. take a
0: long time to hit warp speed if you if you if you're accelerating at impulse yeah <laughs> so saying as impulse just... doesn't get to warp speed yes <laughs> little things like that um i didn't like the swimming as too much like bathing it seemed like a really cheap like oh let's put in a a generic savage. Mm. That's yeah, not the yeah. worst joke. That's not the
1: worst joke in the episode. The worst joke in the episode, which couldn't be more forced, was when after Geordie's knocked unconscious and he comes round and he goes,
0: if I could see, oh, yeah. I'd be seeing stars.
1: Like, yeah, yeah,
0: I've got that written down here as well. That's <laughs> yeah. just, oh, come on. If, if, That's...
1: <laughs> I mean, like, I tell bad jokes. I'm famous for it, but uh, even I
0: wouldn't. Say that because that's just too bad. <laughs> <laughs> that is, that that that's a pretty pretty awful joke because he mm. can see, in a manner of speaking, um, there's other things like you know we're, we're looking at the beginning of the episode here, so yeah. where was I going with this? Uh, yeah, there's there's some unanswered things as well. Mm-hmm. So for example, you got Walker on his uh, futuristic. Four to three ratio screen, mm-hmm. where he's talking to, to Picard. Yeah, um, so we're all going to be using four to four to three ratio screens in the future. Mm-hmm. Yeah, widescreen is going to go out of fashion. Yeah, I don't see the point of it really. To be honest with you, he, he looks completely wild-eyed, like a he mother. does, severe eyebrows <laughs> and big eyes. But he says. Amid the dramatic music, which again I'll say the, the music is great, he mm-hmm. says, "You owe me." What? 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 Why does Picard owe him? Is this something I've missed?
1: No, they they talk about it later on.
0: Um, when when Picard, oh, did, did Picard
1: is talking, that? yeah, Picard is talking to um Troy after he speaks to Walker, Scott, and Ricks on mm-hmm. the planet. He says something like, um, "He's his oldest friend." Him, it was Picard, Walker, and Jack Crusher were the closest friends before Jack
0: died. Um, I remember, I remember him mentioning about Jack Crusher. Yeah,
1: yeah. So he's like, um, yeah, they're they're just supposed to be like um, really old friends who who trust each other. Uh, he says. All oh, right. It, like, so
0: was it was he was he a wingman in that salubrious bar they went to then? Was that is that why? I
1: I think so. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right, okay. Yeah. He um he. Yeah, he introduced walker introduced jack to beverly
0: right okay, okay. yeah
1: because so. they, they they mentioned that on the planet doesn't they He goes, so oh, um like you introduced jack to beverly and he says i didn't i didn't know beverly then and he said no that was my brother and because you don't have a brother you have two sisters marjorie oh, yes. and yeah. donatella or whatever their names are <laughs> but... <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. but i think it's based as that whole thing that whole meeting and, and what he's saying is, is ha- that they're supposed to be, he's supposed to be calling on the trust of Walker from Picard mm-hmm. to believe what he's saying.
0: Uh, okay. Okay. All right. So I think my real issue with this whole conversation is, I know why they want to meet up in person mm. because they want to go and infect them with, you badly animated trapdoor. Um, yeah. Creatures. So, and I know why. I know that that's the that's the reason for that. And for anyone who doesn't know, Trapdoor was a was a, an animated stop motion uh, program from the nineteen eighties that was absolutely amazing. You should look it up. So, anytime I reference that, or burr,
1: they uh, there are about. episodes
0: on YouTube, so they're easy to get hold of. Yeah, I, I've watched them. Of course you are. I think all of this could have been done over the, as Picard rightly mentions, the secure subspace channel. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of this could have been done then. There, there's there's no reason for him to meet up with these three guys on the planet if they're not planning to infect him. Then. No. It could all have been done. But,
1: know, but Walker wasn't.
0: Instance. But Walker wasn't one of them. No, he wasn't. No. Neither, um, neither was Riggs. Uh, but it was, uh, what, what's her name? Uh, Trila. Trila Scott. Trila yeah. Scott. Yes, yeah, she was. But I don't see any point in that. That could have been handled over the over video call. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I, I get it makes it more dramatic. And it was a nice dramatic setting. You know, the car beams down. There's all the red lighting. You've got that great music building up the tension that makes it more interesting in terms of a story yeah but in terms of practicalities they could have just done it all in a phone call the, like the, a zoom, he, a zoom call they could have had all four of them on the screen
1: that, that's very true because it's code 47 the computer helpfully reminds us that no records are being kept nobody can listen in on this conversation um it's not recorded anywhere nobody knows it's happening
0: yeah and there's and you know diana troy does um does a bit of exposition, a exposition, so we position, if you will, <laughs> yeah. you know, Code Forty Seven, Captain's Eyes Only, uh, which which is helpful, yes, yeah, yeah. it just seems really really awkward, but that that part of the story could have just been done in in a Zoom call. Mm-hmm. But there you go, that's 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 my little
1: my little tuppence on that, <laughs> a little tuppence on that. <laughs> that's all right. I like um, how Picard is always very. Reserved in his thinking, he doesn't ever believe anything on face value, no matter what he tells them. Because somebody says, because which what, who I can't remember if it's Ricks or T- Scott says he doesn't believe us. He goes, "There's nothing to believe. You've just given me vague questions about unusual orders and weird occurrences, you know, which there's no proof of anything."
0: Yeah, and this is this is the Picard we love here,
1: mm-hmm.
0: the 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 rational-minded captain mm-hmm. who who again won't like you said, won't take things at face value, who will uh, want to ensure that he has all the facts in front of him before mm-hmm. he comes to a decision. Mm. And so I, that's, that's obviously one of the big appeals about him.
1: Yeah. Cause Walker thinks that
0: his, his senior,
1: his XO and um, his doctor have been compromised by whatever it is. Cause nobody knows or they say. Mm-hmm. They don't know what it is.
0: Yeah. And, uh, so that that whole exchange and with Picard sort of losing his losing his cool a little bit hmm. towards the end um that that really shows the Picard that we love mm-hmm.
1: yeah and and then right after then he's talking to Troy isn't he and Troy says perhaps Picard uh, should be wary of blind trust um just to put a little bit into perspective but because Picard's being the person who he is is that he can't let it lie Somebody's told him something. I need to find out. Yes. Regardless of who it is, if it was somebody come to him, I think he would probably be the same. If somebody come to him with these vague notions, he would still look into it because he'd, he'd want to know. He's an inquisitive person. But because it's Walker, one of his oldest friends has said it, he's more inclined to,
0: more inclined to look at it. There, There is, there is all this secrecy and stuff. Hmm um about it the code 47 message the meeting in person the delaying of the trip to pacifica mm-hmm. and then of course walker says oh by the way picard uh, say hello to beverly for me mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. which just goes completely against everything he's said
1: yeah it does doesn't it because i think walker thinks at the moment that um the enterprise is fine because it's been away from Earth for so long, you know, and and there's not much communication anymore with Starfleet Command, as is what Walker says. So and and Picard says like you know we we don't really speak to them a lot because of their mission, which is to explore outside of the Federation or the very edges of the Federation. Mm-hmm. So it, Walker go believing that Picard is, is untouched is probably a good shout by Walker because the Enterprise has been so far out and hasn't really seen anybody else.
0: Yeah, well, he he knows Picard himself and he knows the right questions to ask as well. Yes. Because obviously, as Rick says, one of the uh, symptoms of this is loss of memory. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so since they're personal friends and obviously have come up through the Federation uh, together, then he knows the right questions to ask to ascertain whether or not Picard is the right person which leads me on to another point okay <laughs> why is he asking all these questions why is he saying uh when did uh, richard uh, introduce you to beverly or whatever was it richard i don't know anyway was jack wasn't it? jack crusher jack crusher it'd be embarrassing if it was wrong <laughs> <laughs> it couldn't be. it wouldn't be richard crusher because that would just be really awkward oh look hey it's dick crusher <laughs> <Yes>.
1: <laughs> dick crusher i've known some girls who could i was gonna say that's probably name.
0: a better better name for beverly isn't it, yeah. <laughs> oh, <God's> um, <laughs> what it... anyway so You know, he asks these questions like, oh, hey, do you you know, when Dick Crusher introduced me to Beverly and all of this business, Jack Crusher, whatever. And um, why does he not just get out of Tricorder? Yeah. Because it would be more dramatic if he doesn't. I know. Well,
1: well, that's uh, the whole thing. Like (laughs) Beverly's got later on, Beverly's got Quinn on a medical bed.
0: Exactly. She doesn't even know it's
1: there until she sees like the little um, purple penis sticking out the back of the neck. Yeah, what what's that all about? Yeah, I'll have to do a full body scan. Oh, what's this? It's 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 a bit naff. You're right, but maybe they can't be scanned by a tricorder. Maybe Again,
0: I know it will just take away the dramatic tension and stuff with him just going, lun, 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 lun. and then suddenly <laughs> suddenly like, just seeing, oh, there's a funny thing wrapped around your uh, wrapped around the, uh, the, the the top vertebrae of your spine.
1: Yeah, right. Shoot
0: him. Yeah. So, alright. <laughs> Moving along from Dick Crusher. From Dick Crusher. <laughs> that's his name from that one. You <laughs> know that. It just. I, I, honestly, I don't know why I thought his name was Richard. Mm. But as soon as I said it and went Richard Crusher, I went, oh no, that's a terrible name.
1: <laughs> what I don't understand is why um, the Horatio was suddenly destroyed after that meeting. Is it because of the overall plan by the parasites because what's his name the the Vulcan one Savar he says oh yeah this is all our plan you know is to bring you here because then we can get Riker because they say like oh we, we control Riker and Picard which means we control the Enterprise uh, Scott is is a baddie so did they destroy the Horatio to make sure that Picard went back to Starfleet headquarters to get his um parasite
0: well they are they are supposed to be uh, very intelligent and and uh, since they are forming a conspiracy and and according to Quinn they are a superior organism mm-hmm. then I can I can see them manipulating things like that yeah they could do but yeah then they've sacrificed a couple of their
1: own but then I suppose if they want to take control of the whole Federation then What's a couple of people?
0: Well, need? I think they've got specific targets in mind. For example, mm. uh, at the the final meeting at the uh, Federation headquarters, one of the admirals says to Riker, "You were meant for the Doctor." So they're obviously targeting specific people, and they're uh, people like Picard, because Picard also says at the first meeting on Datalyx B, he says, "Got the cream of the the cream of the Federation," or the 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 best officers in Starfleet or to that effect. so clearly they're looking for the top dogs as it yeah. were and of course a, a doctor a very, a very experienced doctor in the form of Beverly Crusher would be perfect for them mm-hmm.
1: yeah because if they had Crusher who would then manage to get Picard infected who then could do the whole ship
0: yeah take out, take out the head or, or take over the head rather mm-hmm and people aren't just going to defy him they might find him a little bit odd but he's still the captain
1: Yeah, maybe it was a backup plan for for Crusher if they couldn't get Picard at the meeting if he managed to escape they still had one of his trusted friends in the form of Crusher who has been taken over by the parasite to then get him because he could be running off not realising that his um, ship has already been compromised and his friends have been compromised Yeah, I agree, yeah
0: because
1: so, if they are a superior, a superior form of life, then they would have plans within
0: plans to make sure that nothing goes wrong. Yeah, so I, I can see that being the case, and and I do like that aspect of the whole idea. It is a, it, it the conspiracy aspect is is done well in the sense that they have there are wheels within wheels, mm. which is what you want from a good conspiracy. Yeah, it's good. I, I like um, that um, data
1: comes in. You know when they're talking and. Picard and and Riker are talking and he said yeah there's there's um, been weird change of command positions and they're all in contact with the highest levels of Starfleet command Mm -hmm. Um, and Riker goes what we can't just go to Starfleet headquarters and say what's going on and Data just goes why can't we (laughs) which I quite which I kind of like yeah why not why not yeah and, and Picard goes why not
0: let's go just before he goes down for the for the meeting mm. with the admirals, there is a really good shot. I really like actually, where where we see the Enterprise coming over the moon with the Earth in the in the distance. Yeah, that is a nice mm. looking shot, isn't it? I think it's a nice homage to the to the Earthrise photo. Mm-hmm. It looks it looks really good. <laughs> I like that
1: being a space nerd that you are <laughs> I thought you would like that
0: well you know the Earthrise photo everyone knows the Earth. yes Earthrise
1: of course photo, yeah, so. yeah
0: yeah yeah <laughs> um, so yeah it looks, it, it looks really good Re- really really nice
1: the conversation they have while they're drinking the tea Picard and the two admirals
0: Ah, oh, you see this is where they went wrong they chose the wrong tea did they yeah because it wasn't um pg no it's not oh Grey, hot <laughs> that's right <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> hot.
1: see you'd think that i would remember these things wouldn't you i'm not obviously not on the ball <laughs> i'm not as good i'm not as good at star trek as i thought i was
0: i i think i'm doing better because it's an episode i didn't enjoy as much
1: oh right yeah and i was just like caught up in it even though i watched it like three times this week and uh yeah, I just, just missing things like that because I was just like all in in the conspiracy and how they fluff this whole ending up. Because um, like back on the ship though, Riker tells sorry Picard tells Riker to keep an eye on Quinn and get Beverly to give him a full medical. Mm-hmm. Just use some sort of ruse, or however you want to do it, and then Riker goes to see Quinn in his quarters, and uh, Quinn shows him the the purple thing and says, Oh, I think you should have a good look at it. And he goes, I'll get my science officer. And Quinn grabs him and says, it doesn't like your science officer. It does like you.
2: <laughs>
1: and then, and then he's holding Riker's arm and Riker's sort of like, "What?" and he goes, vitamins, they're wonderful or something ridiculous. <laughs> and then proceeds to just beat him up. And it's like a really, really naff fight scene.
0: <laughs> yes. it's, and look, to be fair, when we watched this, when it came out, it it came out on 4 to 3 ratio CRT uh, TVs Mm. and wasn't designed for HD stuff like we have now. And It reminds me of Space Seed. (laughs) Yeah, we can blatantly see the stunt doubles. (laughs) Yeah, and and do do you know what the... When Riker does like a heel kick and it looks like that leg is not his. He's <laughs> nice. just standing there, and this leg appears out of nowhere and just just kicks uh, Quinn. Yeah. Uh, not, and um, it's 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 like.
1: Do, do you reckon what, there was what, somebody what? down there with a mannequin leg?
0: To, to I reckon that's what it, up it was. Into frame. <laughs> what's what's that movie? Is, is it is it Airplane? I can't remember which film it is. Where um, <laughs> this woman goes to slap the actor. He grabs one hand, <laughs> grabs the other, and then a third hand just comes and slaps him <laughs> around the face. Yeah, I think no, that's I think airplane. That is airplane yeah, yeah. I yes, Leslie yes. Nielsen. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it feels like that.
1: Yeah, it is. It is. It is a bit naff, isn't it? Because um, he he knocks him unconscious, doesn't he? Uh, but um, but just before then, Fiker calls for backup, and Worf comes running because he's a security officer. Yes. But why is Geordie there? <laughs> cause, uh, I thought he was a pilot, not not in security, but I'm um, whatever. And then he's a um, man of many talents, man of many talents, and he just like he's just taken out instantly, and then <laughs> Worf puts Riker down gently, doesn't he, and does the whole thing, <laughs> and he's not very intimidating, I don't think, with his short hair. He gets more intimidating when he's got long hair, but um, but Quinn just <laughs> takes him down straight away with one punch, and. And I was thinking, but a Klingon is, like, super strong. But then I thought, like, oh, is he just playing with Riker? Because he's going he's gonna to give the parasite to Riker now. So he's just knocking them unconscious, you know, playing with him. Whereas to Worf, he's like, you're just in my way, and I'm going to kill you.
0: It's explained a bit later, actually, where as um, uh, Beverly says, uh, that the, the parasite hooks into the adrenal gland. Mm-hmm and makes so, him super strong. Exactly. So yeah. it sort of un- un- unlocks the limits, mm. as it were. So that's that's explained away by that. Mm. Uh, my problem with with Wolf here at the time is he's got the facial expression to be aggressive. It's just his body doesn't match. No. He doesn't, he, he's not. He doesn't have an aggressive stance or anything like you do see in in other episodes in the future. Um, going back to Geordie Laforge, mm-hmm. who is one of my favourite characters in mm-hmm. TNG, and I'm really glad that he got, you know, he got down to engineering, and they gave him more of the role that was more central mm-hmm. to the story rather than substitute helmsman, substitute security guard. Yeah. Um, although he does, to be fair, he does he does do a good sort of flying through plywood doors quite well.
1: He does, doesn't um, he? Yeah.
0: Uh, I've I discovered a podcast recently. Oh yeah, called Lavar Burton reads.
1: Oh yeah, he used to do um, Reading Rainbow. He's like beloved by everybody for oh, right. um, for uh, reading stories and getting people to read more. It's like I, I
0: don't know what reading. What's Reading Rainbow?
1: It was a TV show where he um, got people to read. <laughs> really?
0: Oh, okay well in, in in that case he he's continuing on in that in that in that vein because mm-hmm. he's got a podcast out called lavar burton reads and i tell you what that guy's got a voice on him and he knows how to read a story so anyone who's not listened to it give it a go he's he's great i was i just discovered it yesterday oh really i'm so glad i did
1: yeah yeah it's he's he's like well beloved for 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 doing that so um
0: I had no idea I'll have to, I'll have to check that out
1: it's it's, it's like his thing yeah so more people remember him for that than Star Trek or, or more people respect him for that because he's been a great um, ambassador for getting people to read more and, and literacy and, and everything like that which is which is
0: wonderful yeah, oh, that's great. Oh, that's that's wonderful to hear. I'm really mm-hmm. I'm really pleased to hear that. I'm going to continue enjoying his podcast, but I'll have a look at uh, this other stuff as well. You know, it's there, it's funny that there are you know some celebrities, some slebs, slebs. Who, who who do things like this, like like Dolly Parton, for mm. example, has got a foundation where she donates books. Yes. And and that's 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 wonderful as well. You know, this is a this is an example of people using their fame and their money for, for, for a good cause, and for something that they, well, going by listening to LeVar Burton, something that they genuinely enjoy doing as well. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it is, it is good. so Anyway, back back to the episode, <laughs> I, I just, I had to add that in there, because I only found out about it yesterday. Where next? Oh, Hello. yes.
1: Yeah, sorry, I was just uh, pausing to gather, more, gather my shorts. Um, should we go back down to the dinner or yes. oh, actually like because we we hinted on it and then i just moved back to the ship again because i wanted to talk about quinn beating up riker and and the lame fight um but they're they're drinking the tea aren't they and then they say oh you know you and your first officer and picard is like oh you you're keeping up with my crew roster and you go yes why well, why wouldn't we and it And I think he's a bit shocked about that, because why would three senior admirals know the crew roster for any of the individual ships? Even if the Enterprise is the flagship, would they necessarily know who the second-in-command of the ship was?
0: They'd know who the captain was, surely, but would they know? I I don't know. I think it was the flagship and and the second-in-command. I think they'd know who the second-in-command was. The, the the sort of the key positions I, I'd have thought they'd know who, say who, Riker is. Um, people like the Beverly Crusher, mm-hmm. the Doctor.
1: Yeah, consider chief
0: engineer. who yeah. the chief engineer is at this point.
1: Oh well, one of three I think. There's been three different ones during that time, but uh, I think there's like uh, something about Riker. There was an an earlier episode. You know, when he was younger, he was with that captain on that other ship. They were doing the the metaphasic cloaking device, or something. You know, it was where the ship was. There an that episode where the ship was stuck in the asteroid, and the Romulans were after it, and everything. And it was a breach of the Romulan Federation Accord that the Federation weren't allowed to uh, research cloaking technologies.
0: I want to say the Aldoron Accord, but I know that's the wrong <laughs>
1: planet. <laughs> but in uh... the universe. <laughs>
0: it's something like that.
1: But uh, yeah, and um, and Riker was an ensign on that ship. The captain and then like, like 10 years later if that he is a commander so if he's if, if he's um advanced that far and that in that short amount of time i was listening to another podcast that talks about star trek um and they, they were saying the same thing it's 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 like he's super quick of how quickly he's become a commander so senior admirals would have an eye on his career
0: yeah, I'd have thought so. I, I think the the only thing that, that that could have improved his his meteoric rise would have been a beard.
1: Yes, the, thankfully, in about five months he's got a magnificent one. He does. <laughs> <Yeah>. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but they uh, uh, they're talking, aren't they? And they 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 raise a toast to the Horatio. And the yes. cards also confused about that, and then they just say, "Oh yeah, it's just an implosion due to extreme negligence of the captain." And I imagine Walker Keel was a quite a respected captain within Starfleet, yeah. and it's a well, weird I thing mean, for them to say that is negligence.
0: It was it was very casual. It was a very quick assessment as well and conclusion mm. um, on that investigation. But also, again, we'll go back to that first meeting between. Ricks and and Traylor and Picard uh, Traylor, Scott Mm. uh, and Picard when he he talks about them being the best Starfleet has to offer Mm. and if he knows that then surely these admirals know that and so they can't just dismiss Walker as being negligent or at least if they were who they said they were they wouldn't which leads to Picard's suspicion being raised even further yeah, yeah, exactly. That was very William Shatner
1: esque. <laughs> A little bit, yeah. It. I think you're taking yes. my <laughs> you're taking my job. Here. I'm st- I am stealing your thunder. <laughs> <laughs> you're allowed with with that ex- with that impression. You're allowed.
0: Like... <laughs> so, the meal itself looks nice. Lots of protein.
1: Yeah, yeah. I can imagine. You know. In the future, when we've actually destroyed the planet totally, we're going to have to be living on stuff like this.
0: Raise your hand if you want more seconds.
1: <laughs> yeah, that was ridiculous. This whole dinner is ridiculous.
0: <laughs> Stupid. And he has this wicked grin on his face. This, yeah. His, his eyebrows arc and everything. <laughs> he just, yeah. It's like he's not five.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Raise your hand if you want seconds. It's, it's ridiculous. So he. Uh, uh, and then Riker comes. Riker ringing, doesn't he?
0: Is this um, a new verb?
1: Yeah, he's Rikering. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he comes in, and um, this bit is silly where um, Aaron goes up to Riker and then checks the back of his head to, make sh- to find out the little uh, purple penis thing is there. And he goes, You were meant for the doctor. And he goes, Well, Riker walked in on us,
0: and it had to be done. And they're like, All right. Because we haven't put much thought into this plan, of course
1: no no that's right I mean like they're adapting to the things I they think they've got Riker and then he um, just starts opening fire doesn't he I think it's great it's just, Riker's response is oh kill everyone
0: and again this is another thing another <laughs> issue I have who's the first person he shoots at
1: the security officer who's
0: eating. <laughs> exactly yeah not, not one of the you know the head guys no I'm just going to pop off this little random dude
1: but yeah who is also eating the worms though so he's also infected but he's the, the but the security guy is the one who's armed
0: oh fair point yes okay. <laughs> you
1: know so he okay. goes for the he, he he goes straight away for what he perceives as the biggest threat he, there's his armed guard there but he doesn't realise that Scott's got a weapon but luckily for Riker Picard's there to knock the arm out of the way which if they're super strong would he have been able to because she would have been... You know, I was just thinking, like, if they're super strong, they've suddenly gone, oh, he's not one of us, he's a threat. She'd be, like, totally heightened senses and whatnot, standing next to Picard, going, oh, I'm going to shoot him. He might knock my arm away. So surely it would be rigid. Yeah. Look, I love this episode. And I'm picking holes in it now. It's, it's what you've done <laughs> to me, man. Anyway, it's all good. <laughs> like, and he shoots... It's all part of the plan. And, um... Yeah, it's all part of the plan because of the superior life form.
0: Yeah. Um, and then... Uh, Excuse me, I'm just checking my neck penis.
1: <laughs> my neck penis, yeah. I Just to make sure it's not there. And then, bizarrely, Savar goes for a Vulcan neck pinch, which doesn't do anything apart from make Riker go, ow, because he's not a Vulcan anymore. He's been taken over by this parasite. And then Picard shoots him. Yeah, I, I just don't understand why why Savar would think or or Parasite Savar would think that the Vulcan pitch would work.
0: I don't know. I, su- I suppose they must have some sort of memories because they know who they're supposed to be, don't they?
1: Yeah, but because they've probably been introduced before, you know, if they've been taken over by somebody else, they'll be like, oh, you're now Admiral Savar. Here's his personal logs or whatever. Mm-hmm. And this is who he is, but not anything else. Yeah. I think, which is also like reason why Savar is. Right, Dodgy is a, as a um, Vulcan as well because he's playing the part of a
0: Vulcan but not actually being a Vulcan There, there must be some sort of residual stuff though because otherwise he would have um, been emoting all over the place But I mean,
1: like, you know if you go like, oh, Vulcans don't show emotion, they're quite logical you, you just try that as best you can but not really knowing it. I like to think that is it's written that way, that Safari is just being a bit of a um, rubbish Vulcan because he's doing cosplay as a Vulcan.
0: Yeah. So he goes to neck pinch him, but he doesn't actually know how to <laughs> do
1: it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But then it was beginning of like, why would he do the neck pinch? Does he think like, Oh, I'm a Vulcan. He's I'm doing a neck pinch. So it's like psychosomatic. Oh, I've got to be knocked unconscious. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's just, it's just a bit of a silly bit. bit. Um,
0: so there is a very dramatic chase scene. Oh yeah, very, very dramatic chase scene with Picard and Riker in hot pursuit mm-hmm. of of uh, Aaron. Mm-hmm. He he runs away at, at, at top speed, mm-hmm. at least three miles an hour, at least, and um, and does a again equally dramatic turn.
1: <laughs> that is Before. a very, very stage turn, isn't it? Yes. Because <laughs> surely, like, if <laughs> people are chasing you with you, and you know you've got guns, you'd be when they're going, Aaron. You would. He's at the end of a corridor, of a T junction. You'd just dive to the left or to the right, not stand in the middle and shoot.
0: There's far too much cutting here, mm. <laughs> and it, and it's so obvious. that <laughs> yeah. the, the guy was not moving when he turned. <laughs> so it it, it it's a, a little bit contrived through uh, somewhat questionable that's your, editing that's your... he he gets a couple of phasers to the back right in the kidneys doesn't he
1: <laughs> yeah he does it takes him out and then, and then the, uh, the little yes. uh, extra from trapdoor goes crawling off
0: but where's <laughs> my like... dinner <laughs>
1: <laughs> and there's remick <clears throat> sitting there
0: yes looking all serene
1: it's serene yeah i don't we're not going to talk about the special effects
0: <laughs> i think we banged on about that yeah
1: but i like you know when after he he swallows the other bug and it's bulging out of his neck and that's pretty cool <laughs> and then he just stands up and he starts off all, all very peaceful like we mean you no harm you know you don't understand we mean you no harm and then like very threatening we
0: seek peaceful coexistence which of course is peacefully met with a couple of phasers to the head
1: yeah yeah if you look at it it's riker you, you see the beam go from the chest up to the head and from their in there it's riker who shoots him in the face because <laughs> <laughs> well, riker doesn't like him anyway
0: yeah, I, th- I think he, he was getting getting rid of some pent-up uh,
1: aggression. <laughs> yeah, I was going to he? shoot you in the face. And uh, and then that really, really naff Mother Parasite thing comes out.
0: That looks like something straight out of Red Dwarf.
1: It does, doesn't it? It's like they're trying to channel Alien, but come <laughs> yeah. up with Red Dwarf. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it's a step up from Doctor Who. <laughs> uh, <laughs>
0: I was, I, w- I was expecting the it to turn into the emo hawk at some point.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, just disappearing. <laughs> just turning into a
0: bouncing ball
1: and just yeah. hop out of the room.
0: Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I mean, I, I appreciate it, you know, the, the concept behind it. And I know it's the 90s or was this was this? This was 80s, wasn't 88, it? 88, yeah. Late 80s TV show. And they had a budget. And, of course, you know, that budget meant that they they couldn't fill Starfleet headquarters with all these cadets and people mm-hmm. and stuff like you see in in um, in, in the movies mm-hmm. uh, which is why everything's so quiet and so that is sort of, you know, that storyline's a little contrived in, in that aspect but surely they could have done better with that, <laughs> surely
1: <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah, that's true they could have done, they could have done. But, you know, you don't know how much money they had left you know, or how much they were given for a limited budget sci fi TV show from the 80s. You know, there wasn't a huge amount of sci fi in the 80s, was
0: there, TV wise? I can't knock the effects too much for, for that reason. Mm. However, it does still look like. Because we were watching the a remastered. The cat and Lister should have popped out from
1: somewhere. <laughs> yes. Although we well, were watching the remastered ones, you know, when it's in high def. So it does look more dodgy than it did do when I watched it in 91 on BBC Two. Yeah. Although they didn't have this bit originally.
0: Well, well, like like I said, you know, we we at the time we would have had CRT televisions and all mm-hmm. of that, and so things like the stuntmen, things like the effects would have looked would have looked more. Well, I say well, not realistic, but they wouldn't they would have, have looked... been blurrier, so they wouldn't have been so crisp.
1: Yeah, that's right. Yeah, but uh, uh, Riker doesn't say anything. Picard just opens fire again, and then so does Riker straight away. It's Just. I'll just follow my captain. We come in peace. We come in. We come in peace. Shoot to kill. Was <laughs> that? Was that song? Wasn't that? Um, Star Trekking. Oh, yeah. Do you remember? That? Oh yeah. <laughs> like yeah. the the uh, the the Kirk line. We, we come in peace. Shoot to kill.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yes. I remember that and, and the Doctor Who one by the Time Lords. Uh, yeah. So maybe you don't.
1: <laughs> well, well, I, mean, I think like the 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 Star Trekking one. Had was Climation as well, wasn't it? So maybe they just got the same people to do it.
0: Klingons but... on the stubba bow, stubba bow, stubba bow, Klingon... Yes. <laughs> anyway, yes, <clears throat> yes. I, I promise not to try and do that
1: again. The one thing that bothered me, like they kill the queen or the mother or whatever it is, and then all of the others can't survive without the mother there, right? So it's some sort of hive mind thing going on, or Or something you know because like the mother dies all of the little purple things die as well having said that how do they not know that another person is infected if they all die because the mother parasite is dead so surely they must
0: know what do you mean
1: Uh, like you know all the other remaining parasites died when they killed the main one but they also didn't know that Riker wasn't controlled by one but just assumed that he was because he faked a thing on the back of his neck
0: but it just so, doesn't. So there's a little bit of a plot hole there, isn't there? So he's he's still got a wiggly wiggly tentacle out of the back of his neck.
1: Yeah, because he's he's f- pretending to be taken over by a parasite, and they he's just they they look and they go, oh yeah, here's a little thing poking out the back of your neck. Come and sit down and eat your food. You know, totally trusting of him.
0: But then. So the the hive mind, the hive mind just kind of sees a hole there and goes, oh, he's still got a wiggly bit. He's all right.
1: Yeah, yeah, so they see the wiggly bit and they go, oh, he's all right. But then they all die when the mother parasite gets killed. So there's got to be some sort of overarching control or communication link or, or something between them all. But they yeah, don't. Because, but because they, don't, the, they the can't the sense Admiral. each other. It's...
0: Yeah, because Quinn says, you were meant for the doctor. And um, by that, we assume that he thinks he, Riker is controlled by that one. Mm. He can't sense him. Oh, yeah. no, I see where you're coming from.
1: Yeah. In my badly explained
0: way. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what to say.
1: No, no, <laughs> it's just it's just another stupid thing. Like the...
0: If I could see, I'd be seeing stars. <laughs> I'm sorry, I've, I've ruined this episode.
1: No, you what haven't episode. ruined it. I still like it. I still think it's great. It's just a shame that they didn't explore more of this concept with the invading parasite creatures. Especially yeah. after Data goes... Well, it's just, we, I believe it's a homing beacon.
0: Uh, they, they they laid the the thread there to mm. be picked up later. I think the in terms of the Borg, they couldn't replace what the Borg became, but they would have been an interesting thing to explore, nonetheless.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I mean, like they've done they've done things with races coming in and and taking over. Like they had the Borg come in violently assimilating. And then you had the Dominion, you know, with the Changelings taking over people and whatnot. You know, so it's not as if it was something that they weren't interested in doing within Star Trek. Or maybe it wasn't at the time that they were interested in doing with Star Trek. Especially seeing as this episode is different from most other Star Trek episodes, especially in this season. Apart from, you know, where R just gets killed just for no reason.
0: Yes. Like just out of the blue. Just, oh, what the heck? (laughs) <laughs> but like yeah, I, th- I think the whole the whole episode was was a, a pretty neat experiment for a, for a fair few concepts. Mm. I, I do think that it the the execution was not there. Now I'm not saying that next gen is perfect by any stretch of the imagination, but I, I think there are things that could have been handled a lot better.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, we've got you know, the the example of data showing all manner of Emotions Mm -hmm. uh, during this episode. There's various sort of plot holes. There's there's Riker's third leg. Yeah, uh, which which we don't get to talk about often enough. No, no. Um, But there's his uh, his his leg that just sort of appears out of nowhere. Um, And and then you know there's, there's, there's there's plot holes in most episodes. I'm fairly sure. But I think generally speaking, TNG handles it better. But it was good to see something that was that was that was a bit more out there, something that that doesn't necessarily fit in with the norm. And mm. I, I think that's you know that's 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 a healthy thing to to have because then you get to sort of test audience reaction a bit without ruining the rest of the series. That's that's a good point. That's a that's a very good point. I, however, I I love this
1: episode because I like conspiracy theory stuff and i think they did it really well because i think i might be projecting my thoughts onto some of the bad acting you know like was talking about savar and whatnot cosplaying as a um, as a vulcan i i like those things and the beginning where scott is there involved with walker and ricks to lure the enterprise back to earth mm-hmm. and the whole point of the like so it's the conspiracy where he goes to meet Walker and then Scott and Ricks and they're all okay. And then Horatio being destroyed, which makes Picard take the Enterprise back to Earth because that's what Remick wants. Because Remick is the one in control.
0: Yeah, he's, he's the mummy.
1: He's the mummy. Yeah, and it's just a real shame that they didn't explore more of this threat to the internal runnings of
0: Starfleet and the Federation. So overall, Chris, what were. What were your thoughts on this episode? Sum up, sum up the good, the bad. How, how do you feel? I love this episode. I do. I think it's great. The bad in it
1: is the special effects, but I can overlook that because it's a TV show from the 80s. You know, mm-hmm. if I didn't like special effects, I wouldn't watch Knight Rider. Or if I did, if I didn't like rubbish special effects, I wouldn't watch Knight Rider. But um, I can overlook that. But I like it. I like it a lot. I like the 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 bit at the beginning where they're um, you know, luring Picard in and the the subtlety that these peop- these parasites are trying to take over you know, where data says they're, they're moving command people around command officers around who are in contact with the highest levels of Starfleet you know, so they control massive areas, sectors before they take everybody over or as many people as they can do. The pure superiority complex that they have when they're just talking to Picard you know when they're having the aperitifs and they're that's an old implosion due to extreme negligence you know it's it doesn't matter and the fact that they think they're holding all the cards when they're eating dinner like Picard can't escape even though he's got a con badge and just go Picard to it in the prize emergency beam out whatever
0: <laughs> you know
1: yeah it's just a shame that, that they never carried this on
0: so my thoughts I think I've made my thoughts fairly clear <laughs> Through our chat here, I do really like it in principle, and I do agree with you. The idea was explored later on uh, in uh, TNG and in uh, DS9 and so on. I just think the execution wasn't wasn't there for me, and it, it could be a restriction of of, of budget.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, you've got <clears throat> there is some great use of music mm-hmm. and soundtrack. During this episode, and I do feel that it helps to ramp up the tension, and, it, and it's well timed. Um, I do think there's there's a lot of things, you know, a lot of this could have been solved with, you know, a tricorder and a and a zoom call. Um, and it is funny to watch this incredible, towering Shakespearean actor <laughs> act against these three <laughs> admirals, who are don't know if they're rather trained but i suspect they're not
1: no they're not (laughs) they're they're still better actors in this than crusher is in this episode she is not very good in this episode at all Uh, when she she shoots the um quinn she's just standing there and it's just like why are you standing like that and then when she's (laughs) explaining to picard before the dinner it's just it's like she's because you've got the side profile of her and it's like she's reading the script for the first time there's no like performance in
0: what to, she's to reading be, to be fair at that, at that point she she did decide to leave her Caduceus at home and her whole do no harm vow because <laughs> she really lays into him you know three shots
1: yeah she does yeah <laughs> yeah it's just like medical emergency she sees um, she's obviously coming down the corridor she just sees La Forge laying in the in there and then, like, a quick assessment is <laughs> I'm a medical officer and I've got a phaser with me. Yeah.
0: So she decides to. Um, yeah. She, she's perhaps running out of patience and decides to create one, uh, which she does very effectively with three square on phaser shots yeah. to the chest. So, well done, Beverly Crusher. Well um, done, Beverly Crusher. As far as the special effects go again I think this is probably down to budget although the last one was comically um, red dwarf like I was fully expecting the camera to pan back to sorry there's no panning in this it's all cuts Uh, the camera to cut back to Picard and for Riker to have uh, an H on his forehead (laughs) Um, so uh (laughs) <laughs> Overall, I think there was a lot of potential. Poor execution. I wish we'd seen some more down the down the line, mm. either TNG or in DS Nine or whatever, with a bit more exploration of this uh, this particular species. It would have been good. And I did like the way that it was left on a bit of a cliffhanger with the signal yeah. at the end. Yeah. I think that that just the that's most... one of the better cliffhangers that, that TNG have had.
1: Yeah, I think um, it's disappointing. That's the one disappointing thing in this episode for me is that they didn't carry on with these particular baddies. Yes.
0: I well, like a bad acting aside from <laughs> several of the cast. Okay, so I think that about wraps it up for today. Uh, this was my pick, I fully confess. Uh, <laughs> I did season? not like my own pick. <laughs>
1: Well, you're you're talking rubbish, man. This is a good episode.
0: Uh, Let's move on. Chris, (laughs) what are we covering next time on the Shields Up podcast? We're going to do
1: Season 5, Episode 2, Darmok. Have you seen this one?
0: (laughs) It's a bit bit of tumbleweed moment there. Uh, No, I've not... I've not seen this, uh, not not seen this particular episode. Although I'm intrigued, and surely, surely it must be better than my pick this week.
1: Oh, I don't know. This has got some good ones. Stop saying it's bad. <laughs>
0: I'm I never going to have to agree to disagree on. <laughs> yeah, this all one.
1: right. Okay, you're probably not going to like this one either. <laughs> but if you if you haven't seen it, um, it's uh, Picard is captured, then trapped on the planet with an alien captain who speaks a metaphorical language incompatible with the universal translator, they must learn to communicate with each other before a deadly planetary
0: beast overwhelms them. God, this sounds a bit cerebral. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Thank you for listening to Shields Up podcast. Uh, You can catch us on Facebook, on Twitter, and uh, on our YouTube channel. Uh, We will speak to you next time. Thank you. Goodbye. Goodbye. You're listening to Shields Up, a Star Trek podcast from More Trek Media.